We will begin our discussion on expository preaching by introducing our panel guest. To my right is Andy Schmitz. Andy has an MDiv from Southern Seminary. He pastored a church plant, and he's currently a chaplain at the U.S. Army. Uh, Daniel Hurd has an MDiv from Southern Seminary as well, and he's been an elder at a church in Louisville and is currently serving as a chaplain in the U.S. Army. He's also in the elder evaluation process at Faith Family Church. Uh, Kent Shepard, I've skipped a little bit, Kent Shepard over here, 20-year warrant officer in the U.S. Army, strong theologian and leads one of our small groups at Faith Family Church. And Dan Herbster, all of you know him very well. Uh, he's a jack of all trades. He has a degree from Master Bob Jones him. University. <laughs> he Master has him. a law degree from Notre Dame. He's been an elected official. He is currently the historian of the 101st Airborne. I think you also do Batman on the side as well, saving people. Every other uh, Thursday. He's, he's also an elder at Faith Family Church. And I'm Kyle Sharon. I am the preaching pastor at FFC. So this is an introductory panel on expository preaching. We hope to build on this for future panels, dealing with the history of expository preaching, how to do Christ-centered expository preaching, and also why expository preaching gets a bad rep. But for this particular panel, it's, it's introductory. So I will ask each guest to answer a specific question and then give the other guests an opportunity to add to that response. And the first question is to, to Kent, and it is quite a, quite a doozy. The question is, what is expository preaching? Now, I know that answering that is, is like attempting to bottle up the ocean. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. I was just reading Martin Lloyd-Jones today, and he was asked to give a lecture on expository preaching. And he said, that is impossible. Such a subject demands a whole series of lectures. But we don't have time for a whole series of lectures, so could you condense it to us and just unpack uh, what, what is expository preaching? Okay, so I think really it starts with the, the mindset that all scripture is breathed by God. Uh, mm -hmm. So it starts with a high view of scripture with, with biblical inerrancy. And if you believe that the Bible is inerrant, then as a teacher of God's word, you want to teach all of the Bible to, to people. So um, it, from inerrancy, then it moves into exegesis, and that's just a... It's where you're digging deep into God's word. You're looking at it for its literal context, um, what's going on historically. You're looking at the grammar. You're looking at the really the meta narrative of God's unfolding plan of redemption. And you're just digging deep and pulling out all of that. And then as an expositor, your job is then package it um, so that your contemporary listeners can understand God's message from that word. So you're really unfolding, unpacking, revealing it. You're exposing it so that the listeners today understand that message that the author intended and that God intended. Mm, that's good. Anyone else want to jump into that? What is expository preaching? Answered it well. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That'll preach. Nehemiah 8.8 I think is, a, is great as well um, where the people are being rejuvenated by the preaching of the word. They're being yeah. renewed in their souls and they're being renewed Nehemiah 8.8 by reading the text, explaining the text, and applying the text. Read, explain, apply. So it's not, you know, expository preaching isn't, isn't super complicated. Uh, like you said, there are some pre-commitments of an expositor. Yeah. Inerrancy, the authority of scripture, the sufficiency of scripture. Something that I, I didn't address there is really expository comes from the root word of expose. Mm. And when you're exposing something, you're making something that's previously hidden revealed. Mm. Yeah, so that's what you're doing as an expositor. So going after the, the author's intent. Right, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, which is important, right? When we, when we read medicine bottles, like we, we honor the author's intent. 
But for some reason, for a lot of preachers, it's like I don't have to honor the author's intent with the Bible. Right. But uh, the, the human author and the divine author have a specific intent that we want to, that we want to hit. Uh, anyone else on that? I'm surprised. I'm not going to cut you off, okay? All right. All right, next question is to Andy. This is a grammatically incorrect question here, but what isn't expository preaching? So there's a lot that goes on under the umbrella of exposition that is not worthy of its name. So what is expository preaching not? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I like how Kent described what it is. And really, just if we were to summarize it into a sentence, expository preaching is simply taking the main point of the text Mm. and making it the main point of the sermon. Mm. Uh, and so what expository preaching isn't is just mm. the, the opposite of that. I think there's uh, ditches on either side of the road. You could take mm. it too far, and you could not take it far enough. The taking it too far is insisting on the only proper application for expository preaching is preaching sequentially from a book every single sermon throughout the 52 Sundays in a year. Mm. And while I think that ought to be the normative diet mm. of the local church, for better or for worse, uh, you, you're preaching through uh, from uh, chapter 1 through the end, whether it's Old Testament narrative or a New Testament epistle, uh, come what may, we're going to be faithful to the text. Um, and, of course, that comes with the, the assumption and the commitment that God knows what his uh, church needs better than any preacher. And he's going to set the agenda uh, from his text, uh, fr from the word, and the preacher is simply supposed to be faithful, not clever, mm. with the text. And so, uh, again, you can take it too far. That's one ditch of, hey, you have to do it sequentially every single Sunday. There's no room for a topical Christmas sermon or Easter sermon. I would say those things are fine. Mm. And even at that, we're still called to be faithful to the text, even with a, a topical sermon. I think you can also go uh, too far the other direction. Uh, the ditch on the other side of the road is not go far enough. You can slap a label of expository preaching, mm. which is a great buzzword, but yes. if you don't actually preach from the text and mm. make the main point of the text the main point of your sermon, you can call it whatever you want. It's not expository. Mm. David Helm, uh, who's a, he's a great preacher from yes. the Chicagoland area, mm -hmm. he says, some preachers use the Bible the way a drunk uses a lamppost, more for support than mm. for illumination. Mm. And I, I know the temptation is strong, and I'm sure I've been guilty of it as a preacher. I, I come with a preconceived notion or a great idea that I think my, my people, my people need to hear, right. uh, and I'm going to search the Bible for a text, and I'll find one that kind of half meets uh, the qualification. I'm not really worried about the author's intent, and it'll preach, you yes. know, and I'll, right. I'll just use it for support, really, to meet my preconceived agenda, rather than uh, doing exactly what Kent said really helpfully, like, mm -hmm. do the proper and hard work mm -hmm. of exegesis, mm -hmm. um, and then whatever the author's main point, both the, the spirit-inspired human author, mm -hmm. uh, and applying that to God's people. And so mm -hmm. uh, I, I think the temptation is strong uh, to come with an agenda and impose it on the text, mm -hmm. but really it ought to be the other way around. I am not over God's word ever, but especially in the pulpit, speaking to right. God's people on God's behalf. Yes. Instead, God's word is over me. So I think that's what expository preaching is not. Good, good. That's great. Anyone else want to jump in there? Yeah, I love that definition it's, uh, of the expository preaching is making the main point of the passage, the main point of your uh, uh, sermon, with a caveat that many times a passage might have more than one point. So uh, just keeping that in mind as well. Yeah. But basically the true intent, the, the original intent of the passage is the main uh, point of your, your, your emphasis of your sermon, even though there might be a, a host of applications 
for any individual congregation that you wouldn't even select all of them necessarily? So churches today are, are doing something. I want to see what you guys thought about this. Uh, very common. So they're having a, a sermon prep retreat. They'll go away for a week, all the elders of the church, and then they will lay out their sermon series for the entire year. And so they will say, let's, uh, let's spend three weeks on marriage. We've got a lot of young couples in our church, so let's spend eight weeks on, on parenting. And then uh, let's, let's spend four weeks on this and three weeks on that. So, so that's more of a, a, a topical approach. Uh, wh why do you think that isn't healthy? Or why do you think that is healthy? What, what, what do you think about that? I think it's presumptuous of the elders to think that they know what the church needs when, when God's word is, is perfect. Mm -hmm. We just need to teach it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to impact the church way more meaningful than we could ever by guessing what they need to hear. Yes, it's good. I think uh, folks who, who have that kind of a heart, and that's, you know, to give them credit, that's a shepherd's heart there in, 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 in action, wanting to, to help the needs of their flock. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably the best thing for them would be to, to preach expositorily, but then use something that like uh, some people use like a sermon application grid, and that way they can make sure that, that they're at least thinking through the applications to a lot of the, the target audiences in their congregation, but they're still being faithful to the text. Yes. My doctoral degree was in a sermon application grid. I created mm -hmm. one. And that's the knock against expositional preaching a lot, is that it, there's no application, but I think it's a, a false notion. But it, it does start with the need, right? Like we're looking to see what the need is and then going from the need to the word as opposed to what expositional preaching does. It, it, it just goes with the word and it often meets exactly. the needs. Yeah. Anyone else there? Yeah, no, I, I completely <clears throat> agree. I, I think if you only ever plan out the topical series, I'm, I'm sure it's done with good intent, it, it, just in the sense of they're wanting to shepherd the flock. They may be seeing a need, uh, I, but I totally agree with Kent that it, it is presumptuous. And I, I know that if I were to do that, I would tend towards hobby horses. And I would just go to the texts that, for example, speak directly to marriage. So like, let's skip Ephesians 1 through 4, let's get to the jugular, <laughs> yes. let's go to Ephesians 5. But a married couple... I uh, think the, the re there's a reason Paul spent four chapters, three chapters mm. in, in Ephesians of going over the richness of the gospel and the preeminence mm. of Christ and how we've obtained an inheritance of him having uh, been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Mm. Brothers, that'll preach to mm. a married couple. Mm. Um, and, and you can't get to Ephesians 5 without going through Ephesians mm. 1. And so I yes. think there's so, so much richness that we would miss out on if we made a habit of skipping straight to just a certain topic. Yes. A lot of Paul's letters, you have theology lead to biography, mm -hmm. you know, how this, this deep doctrine leading to how it works out in your life. So, um, yeah, that's, that's great. All right, next question is for uh, Daniel Hurd. Why is expository preaching so important for the local church? Um, so one of the first books on expository preaching that I that I read talked about uh, something that we, we've already discussed, but uh, uh, the the Bible is not so much about how it how it applies to us, but how mm. we apply ourselves to the Bible. Mm. And what Andy was saying, sitting under the Word. So I think that's like a principle of expository preaching. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, it was important to to Jesus. Mm. He's on yes. the road to Emmaus, and like mm. that's. That's how he conveyed himself. Like, hey, the, the text is about me. Yes, it's important to him. Uh, the the whole book of Hebrews is like it's it's just an exposition of the Old Testament. It's 45, 50 minutes. It's like reading a sermon. It maybe was a sermon. Um, th there's a lot of just implicit importance 
Um, I think for for people that grew up in the church, um, expository preaching, it's really helpful just on the level of like, it, it sweeps the cobwebs out of our mind mm. for particular passages. Mm. So we think, I, I think that I know everything there is to know about John 3, 16, mm. and in reality, sitting through the whole gospel of John, I'm gonna to come to the realization that I do not. Uh, and, then, and then for new believers, I think it's really helpful. It's, it's so important because it gives them a framework to really get the whole counsel of God into their souls, mm, yes. um, which, which is what we're, we are told to do. So uh, I, I think those, those two, two things really stress the importance for, for seasoned believers and then and the new Christians. That's good. Anyone else want to jump in there? Why is expository preaching so important so to the church? My wife, um, she grew up in the church, Christian family, and her entire time growing up, all she ever heard was topical sermons. Mm. And she was saved at 32, mm. and she actually sat down for the first time in her adult life and started to read the Bible, mm. really, to see what it has to say. And, and as she's going through Matthew, she's going through these books, she's like, why have I never heard this before? <laughs> why has nobody ever taught this to me? And, and, and when when you know, her sinfulness was exposed against, uh, you know, the truth in scripture was when she came to saving faith. So uh, you've got to just teach the whole text as it lies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's just dangerous too often in Christian circles, we assume too much Bible knowledge in our congregation. Yeah, uh, we're, and, you know, whether it's younger generations or new Christians, or even folks that, like you described, they've been in church a long time, but on a consistent diet of topical messages, they just don't know the Bible itself. And it makes a huge dis difference when you systematically work through the Bible. I remember just growing up in wonderful Christian home, Christian school, and just getting lots of devotional type uh, instruction and Bible instruction all throughout my Christian school time. And then my sophomore year, our math teacher, very logically and analytically in our Bible class, just went through the book of Acts and then the book of Romans. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's how the New Testament works out. That's where all these Bible stories fit yes. together. Oh, this is some serious <laughs> doctrine that we're going through systematically. Uh, and it's that kind of an aha moment. And in the long term, I know folks are, are, are tempted to just do very devotional uh, topical applications because they want to just help people right now. But in the long term, you want to give someone meat that will stick to their ribs and really strengthen their faith for the long term. And I think a more systematic expository approach is what's going to give them that long-lasting, healthful benefit. I've got one just on a super practical level. I think expositional preaching teaches people to read their Bibles. It does. It does. So a topical sermon, you know, you may have, let's say on marriage, you may have three verses in Genesis, then three verses in Ephesians, then three verses in another book. When no one naturally opens their Bible and reads three verses in Genesis and then just skips over in three verses there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it teaches people to, to read their Bibles. And I think that's, that's, that's vital. I know that sounds so simple, mm -hmm. but that is, that is so No, I mean, in the pulpit you often model uh, whether it's your life by your lifestyle, but also how you handle the words. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. well, and I, and I, I would say the point of it is to get us to just better glorify mm. God Almighty. Mm. Yes. And and the intention can be good behind a, a topical sermon, sure. Mm -hmm. And it might even be appropriate on occasion. Right, yeah. right. But but being able to convey everything about who God is so that we are, are actually fulfilling the, the commands of Christ, loving God and loving others. How can we yes. love God that we don't know yes. completely? Yes. So. I, I have a list of books that I have preached through and books that I have not. And, and realizing that each book reveals something about the character of God that my soul desperately needs, uh, I, I would feel like it's an injustice to forsake 
a particular Old Testament book because mm. it is not very popular when I know that my people need that for their souls and I need it for my soul. Yes. Okay, uh, Daniel Herbster, next question is for you. What was your first exposure to expository preaching? Well, like I said, I grew up in very traditional, I'd say independent fundamental Baptist circles, and I'm grateful. I heard the gospel at a young age and everything, very nurtured environment. But I don't remember really hearing what I would today consider expository preaching until I went to, to college, Christian University in South Carolina, uh, Bob Jones. And, uh, and, I, and there was a couple preachers there that had a reputation for uh, maybe they didn't use the word expository, but like systematically working through the Bible. Uh, Mark uh, Minnick at a church there in Greenville, uh, people would just intentionally come to his evening service to see him work his way through the text in a very long series and people just coming away knowing more about the Bible. And then I, the church I attended Sunday evenings, uh, Heritage Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina, was then pastored by Dan Brooks. And I just remember going there feeling like there was a very intentional worship service. And then coming away from the sermons feeling like I really had a passion for God and the gospel and that I came away understanding the text a lot better. That's all I knew then. I didn't know the word expository. I didn't know the methods of what was going on, but I knew I liked it. And I knew my, my faith was encouraged. And I knew that I would, when I would later share a devotional about that passage or I would encounter that passage in my own personal Bible reading, I felt like I now understood the passage a whole lot better. And then, but really when I really learned about expository preaching is when I was living in Washington, D.C., and I could walk five blocks to Capitol Hill Baptist Church under the ministry of Mark Dever. And there, they, not only did they model expository preaching, but they explained it quite regularly. And, uh, and I, was, I was sold. And I, and I just grew so much in my love for the Word and for expository preaching to see how someone can logically, analytically work their way through a passage and yet bring out important applications and also make the, the sermon accessible to lots of different education levels and everything. And so that's where I, where I got developed a passion for it. And I knew wherever the Lord led me, I would want to preach if I had the opportunity. And that's where my ambition to be a lay elder, wherever the Lord would lead me and the congregation would uh, accept me, uh, really started to develop. That's good. That's good. Anyone else? First exposure to exposition? So I, I was saved at 33. Um, I was a bit older and picked up the Bible for the first time. I read it. I got saved by the time I hit Matthew chapter five. Praise the Lord. And uh, and so so God had radically saved me. And I was I was currently deployed at the time. And then I redeployed home. My wife had already found a church um, at Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, we we immediately joined the church. We're baptized together. We joined. And at this church, I mean. Um, Sunday school, they were expositing Matthew. Um, Sunday morning, he was expositing Mark. Sunday evening, he was expositing Hebrews. Wednesday night, he was expositing Galatians. So, like, uh, you know, four weeks into my salvation, I am just immersed in expo exposition law, preaching and teaching. And, um, you know, prior to that, I didn't know the difference between Peter and Paul. I was completely <laughs> ignorant of anything, you know, biblically. So uh, a year later, I'm teaching the Bible. And that's just uh, the impact of, of having faithful teachers that open up God's word and teach it to people and, and really just wrap their arms around you and say, hey, let's go. Let's learn this. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what he said, how that just inspires other generations to love the Bible and also to teach the Bible. I mean, uh, a lot of folks, we, we pray about, Lord, please send people to the mission field or go off to seminary. But when you model uh, that kind of preaching, there'll be certain men in the uh, auditorium who were like, oh, I see what he's doing there. You know, with the right tools, I think I could do that too. And I, you know what? I think I really want to do that. Yes, yeah. yes it's good. You guys have anything to add to that? For for me, the the seminal moment for me was in college. I was a junior or a sophomore, and uh, a friend of mine, her her father, uh, who he's a evangelical free pastor in Northwest Illinois. Um, I started listening to his sermon series through Genesis, 
and it was one of those aha moments that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, he, who preaches through an entire, like, long-form yes. book of the Old Testament? Yes. This guy did, mm -hmm. and he was faithful. Mm -hmm. um, and it was nothing fancy. It was very paternal and very faithful with the text. Um, and so two things stood out to me. Like, number one, wow, expository preaching is just really gripping my heart. Mm -hmm. But then also he was showing exactly what you uh, quoted from Luke 24, Jesus on the road to Emmaus. He's unpacking things from the Old Testament. He's saying that is about me. Yes. And, and this pastor just really faithfully showed all of the Old Testament is about Christ mm -hmm. and the gospel. It's, it's, all, it's this meta-narrative, this mm -hmm. drama of redemption yes. that is yeah. unfolding. And it doesn't just start in Matthew 1. It started in Genesis 1. It started yeah. before those events even transpired. And uh, everything is fulfilled and realized in the person and work of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Yes. And it really just, as a call student, uh, gripped me. And, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was sold on expository preaching. Yeah. I always like to say the Bible was a hymn book. Not, not one that you sing out of, not, not a H-Y-M-N, but H-I-M. It's, mm. it's a Jesus book, so it all points to him. Yeah. The, the first time I heard expositional preaching, um, it, 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 it rocked me. It really rocked me. I trusted Christ as my Savior at age 16 and went off to Bible college, and I heard sermons in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Wednesday night. They'd have revivals like every other month, so I was just inundated with, with sermons, and it was just all topical, you know, good, yeah. good men, but just not not in the Bible much at all. And um, then I, I remember hearing one or two guys doing exposition, and they were not gifted speakers. They did not have dynamic personalities. But when they opened the Bible and they read it, explained it, and applied it, I'm sitting there with my Bible open thinking, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. I want to do what this man is doing for the rest of my life. And um, by God's grace, yeah. that's what we're doing. Praise the Lord. Uh, another question. This question is actually for everyone. How have you benefited? I'm sure we've kind of touched this. How have you benefited from expository preaching? Well, I just know that um, from, in addition to, of course, glorifying God and understanding the scriptures, but it just it strengthens my faith in that realizing faith my faith is logical. It makes sense with the presuppositions of, uh, of a good, all-knowing, all-powerful God who has revealed himself in the scripture. We, we don't have to check our intellect at the door, that we can rationally uh, examine what God has said you, you, by the means of human language, and, uh, and we don't have to check our mind at the door. It was kind of, it's sort of like when I first discovered C.S. Lewis, you know, his writings that like, oh, you mean you can be smart and, and, and actually be a Christian and talk about Christian uh, uh, concepts in a, in a methodical and logical way? So I think it, it just, it, uh, it's encouraging to me, and just even the act of expositing, it's this wonderful right brain, left brain exercise where you've got the logical side of trying to analyze language and comparing it to other uh, texts and, and putting it in its context, and then the creative side of like, how do I best summarize this, communicate it, uh, so that my, my listeners will be blessed by it and that they will get the most out of it. And, and let me jump on that for a moment, because a lot of people say expositional preaching you're just preaching to the insiders, which we, we have a theology of what we think church is, and it's, it's for the believers. Yes. Uh, but it is interesting that we only do expositional preaching here, but every week we have non-Christians, and we have atheists, and, and many of them will come with notebooks, and they're taking notes mm -hmm. the entire time. Yes. So, so and they'll get saved from just hearing an expository yes. sermon that touches on the gospel in an appropriate manner. Yes. Anyone else want to hit on, hit on that particular question? 
you know, Scripture says man will not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And I know that that's been just so true for me. Um, uh, feasting on God's Word through the principal means of discipleship, of just faithful preaching from the Word. Um, it, it is genuinely, uh, without s- symbolic language, it's satisfying for me. When I, when I read God's Word, when I memorize God's Word, when I sit under the faithful preaching of God's Word in the context of the local church, it, it helps me taste and see that the Lord himself is good. And so that, I, I just, that, that's why I love not expository preaching for itself, but God has revealed himself in his Word yes. so that I can enjoy him more. Mm. Yeah. And back to what you said just a moment, when you said at the beginning of this talk about some pre-commitments of an expositor, uh, inerrancy, yeah. uh, inspiration of scripture. Um, if you really believed God wrote a book, mm. I think you'd preach it. If you really believed, so I think some of the some of the pragmatism that's going on, like we need to we need to trace it all the way back to its source, mm. and, it, and it could be a theological source. It could be missing something there. All right, last question here. Who are some of your favorite expositors? So we'll start with Kent, and then we'll work our way around. I'm going to steal all the good ones, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So big three, um, Mark Dever, John MacArthur, Steve Lawson, uh, very formative in in my my Christian growth. I guess I'm going to be the first one to say this one, but Kyle. uh, No joke. I, I have learned. I've, I, I was going to echo Mark Dever because he yes. was my pastor while I was at DC and the one I really learned exposition from. But no, uh, uh, your preaching and Brother Vance, the elder before uh, uh, me, who uh, is now in Missouri, uh, just when I first showed up here, that was the thing that drew me. It's like, wow, these guys know how to exposit the text. And I've learned, uh, just for, from you especially, I've learned, I feel like, how you can do expository. Uh, preaching at a meaty, rich level, and yet make it so accessible to the average person of even mid to low educational level, or uh, and so that that's been good for me to learn how to bring that, which is often associated as a heady intellectual exercise, and make it accessible to everybody. And then yes, uh, John MacArthur's uh, commentaries are a huge help to me. That expository commentary series by Aiken and Marita and and Platt, yeah, and Platt is is very is very helpful. Um, and uh, and then of course, dead mentor from the past, Martin Lloyd Jones is a great model yes. uh, for that. Yes. So good expositors listen to good expositors. So who are some of some of yours? Uh, a lot. So, oh, yeah, the three is probably good. I might do four. John Piper, Tim Keller. Yes. Um, I really like Matt Chandler, and uh, I know some people might say that he's not an expositor, but we'll, we'll leave that to a finer theological <laughs> yes. debate. Um, and uh, it was Alistair Beck. Oh yes. Um, so I really enjoy. Can actually listen to him on the radio. I, I often. I can do listen it. to him talk about so, paper bags. Can you do a Can you do an Alistair Bay? I can't. Nope. Oh, Bay. Well, you sat under his preaching, right? Uh, Sinclair Ferguson. Yes. Yeah. Everything's better with a Scottish accent. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Well, hey, dance with the one you came with. My, it's the pastors in my local church. That um, I, I say that tongue in cheek, but it's it's genuine. Uh, uh, I, I'm just so thankful uh, for the faithful preaching of God's word at Faith Family, um, both from the pastors, the pastor candidate, and, and Kent. Just sitting uh, in my living room like last week with my wife, 
listening to you faithfully unpack God's word. I'm just sincerely thankful. Uh, it's, it's not as though God hasn't gifted uh, Christendom with other faithful preachers, but most immediately I'm thankful for the pastors in my local church. And he, yeah, and even last week, uh, Daniel uh, officiated a, a funeral for a veteran. And I went uh, to support the family if needed, but honestly, just to sit under Daniel's preaching. Mm -hmm. It's just such an encouragement to my heart. It's what I did on deployments, and I'm just sincerely thankful. Outside of Faith Family Church, uh, Gary Kirst, the man I mentioned in uh, northern Illinois, who has a small church that no one's ever heard of, and you don't need to. Um, and then Ryan Fullerton, one of the men that discipled me when I was in the seminary at Manual Baptist in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. That's great. So um, we've got a list on our website of expositors, some that preach to the head well, some that preach to the heart well, some that preach to the feet well, and then some that preach to all three well. Uh, Tim, Tim Keller is one of my favorites as well. Although he hovers like 10,000 feet above the text, I'm going to put him as an expositor anyway, because when he does get in it, it's, it's excellent. Uh, John MacArthur, Kevin DeYoung, Alistair Begg, R.C. Sproul, even though he's with the Lord now, Ligon Duncan, H.E. Uh, Charles Jr., uh, D.A. Carson, uh, some that preach to the heart well, Paul Washer, John Piper, David Platt, uh, Feetwell, uh, Greer, Russell Moore. And then all three, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Trip Lee. He, he sings too, but he's a faithful expositor. Tony Morita is one of my favorites. Stephen Davies is one of my favorites in North Carolina. Not a lot of people know about him. Old school, uh, Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll was a faithful expositor. You know, uh, John MacArthur was doing exposition before exposition was cool. Uh, I had a church, a, a mega church, contact us and they said, you did a video on expository preaching and why it's important. And, and we want to do that because we think it'll, it'll grow a church. And so we want to do that. And I said, well, we'll, we'll send it to you. But, but uh, that's not the goal expository preaching is, is to grow a church. So uh, <clears throat> I want to thank you guys for coming. It's really enjoy enjoyable helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.